Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Unlike Knoxville, you don't have the the carryover from guys from all different disciplines. You don't have guys from, you know, modifieds or late models or, or NASCAR just jumping in a car to go run Knoxville. But they do that at the Chili Bowl. You've got the best guys literally from every single type of discipline of racing. We had IndyCar guys racing in it last year. So that's what makes the Chili Bowl so unique and so special is that if you run well at that, you don't even have to win. If you run well, if you make the A main or shoot even the B main, in that event, I mean, you are literally, you know, for a year, have every single right to say that you're one of the best race car drivers in the country. The event builds each and every night, you know, it gets bigger and bigger. And you, as it gets closer to Saturday, everybody starts uh, getting excited. And um, it always ends up being a really good race and a really good finish. So um, as far as just pure excitement, as far as racing goes, it's there's no other event like Chewy It's a Tuesday here on the Loud Pedal Podcast, episode 19, as we begin to uh, recover, if you will, from the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. I feel like, Dylan, I have been in Tulsa for a month, uh, pretty close to it. I, you know, I went to the shootout and went to the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl. And though I you know, have a little bit of congestion, but uh, other than that, I feel pretty, pretty all right. How are you feeling? No flu, huh? Nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call this the flu. Uh, I would. I would just, you know, be a little fume intake, uh, and that's about it, right? I mean, just. A, I didn't drink too much. I didn't. I didn't really get too much time to go out and party like I usually do for the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl, uh, which is probably a good thing. But I did lack in sleep because we were up till uh, the wee hours of the night posting stuff. So um, yeah, we I'm missed sure you at Lenny's. I know. It, it, it sounds like it was a good time at Lenny's. Uh, I talked to a few of the gals and guys who strolled in late uh, at the Tulsa Expo Center every night. Uh, I think you heard Timez in his piece that he did uh, walking around the expo. I got home at three in the morning last night. Thank God for Uber, he said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Timez had a good time locking in on his prelim. Uh, D. Welch, we did an all-access shoot with you. Uh, you were mic'd up. It was intense. It was drama-filled. Unfortunately, it wasn't one of your best runs in the expo. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> I uh, there there had been some people in the media center talking like that. Maybe it was your last chili bowl. Is that that's not accurate, right? Yeah, I don't really know how that got out because the only person that I really ever talked to about that was you. So that uh, leads me to believe that you've been telling some people that I never told anyone anything. Well, somebody did. 
I never told anyone anything and I don't, you can't go out that way, son. No, I don't, I don't know if that'll be my last chili bowl, but, uh, I definitely am going to cut back. Um, you know, I'm not going to, I mean, I didn't race very much this past year, but I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, uh, take a step back, I think. And I mean, it's obviously something I've, that has not resulted just from chili bowl. I mean, I've given a lot of thought to it from, uh, really, I mean, the start of 2020, you know, about what I wanted to do. So, um, you know, got some other things that I think are in the works that'll, you know, probably keep me around a little bit, you know, keep me in a car a little bit, but, um, you know, I'm not gonna, not gonna race very much, uh, you know, on, in the national spotlight very much anymore, I guess is how you can put it. Heck, you might race more now, uh, than you have in the past couple of years, uh, with, with the micro deal at Millbridge, right? Are you going to go for that championship? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing as far as going after a championship or anything, but Ty Sipes actually just texted me this morning and, uh, you know, we were talking about, about the car. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to run that, run that some, uh, you know, for Chase and Ty and then, um, you know, still trying to put something together to run a few pavement midget races at IRP and Anderson. I'm just looking for a motor basically. So if anybody out there is watching this has a midget motor, they'd be willing to rent to me for like three races. I'd probably, uh, probably take you up on that. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll still, I imagine you'll get to race a, you know, a handful of times, you know, a few times and, um, you know, it'll probably be enough to make me want to run Chili Bull again next year. But for now I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. Not, uh, not going back there for a while. So you flip big in your heat race. Um, well, no, you didn't flip in your heat race, right? Tipped over. F- tipped over in your heat race, right? Um, what 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 did you see there? I, I mean, I, I kind of guess I, I guess the biggest moment of the, the the night for you was the qualifier when, uh, let's just put it lightly, Chase Johnson uh, ran you over. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was pretty blatant. I think he knows that, right? I don't know if you had a conversation with him, but I, I had I had heard uh, people talking in the air, airport uh, saying uh, basically he knew he knew it was wrong, right? Well, I mean, I would hope so. I mean, I, uh, I went down and talked to him and I mean, I asked him, you know, I wasn't going to, I was on my way to Bowman's trailer to get a beer and <laughs> he, he was in the pit just getting out of his car and I was, I walked past him. So I turned around and went back and, you know, asked him what he was doing basically, you know, and he said his, he told me his front end was, you know, broke the whole race or something. And, you know, I don't made up an excuse I felt like, but um, you know, I don't know. I mean, he said he was sorry, but obviously, you know, doesn't fix anything. I mean, just, you know, completely destroyed our car and, you know, ruined my week. So, um, but that's that. So I'll leave it up to, you know, everybody else to decide whether he stuffed me or not. I mean, I feel like he did, but whatever. Uh, and the heat race, I mean, I, that was, that was just kind of a weird deal. I mean, I think it was my fault. I mean, Westfall just kind of went down in the, into the corner and missed the bottom. I felt like, and just kind of slid into the middle and I wasn't really expecting him to be where he was. And I ran into the back of him and spun out. So, um, you know, I mean, that one's on me cause I just kind of misjudged. Um, <clears throat> and then went to the back and, and, um, you know, still didn't feel like we were all that good and was running like fifth or something. And somebody spun down the racetrack and hit me and knocked the Jacobs ladder off. And then at that point I was just pissed, you know, I was just mad. Um, you know, cause I felt like I put us in that spot to begin with. 
Uh, and the car felt better with the Jacob slider knocked off of it, you know, just because it had, it had more side bite and, you know, it was, it was obviously probably too tight on the cushion, but, you know, stuck the bottom really well. So I got by those slow cars quick and then, you know, put us in a shot to, um, you know, get back by Westfall there at the end, coming to the checkered, which at least, at least at that point, you know, had kind of salvaged our night because it, it snuck us into a qualifier. And then, you know, I had passed cars in the qualifier. So we were probably going to be, you know, at the front of a B, but, you know, definitely a shot to make the show. And then, um, you know, that deal with Chase happened. So, uh, you know, just one of those, one of those deals, you know, I, I've told, I told a couple people, you know, that I've raced that race for like nine years and never have felt like I really had anything, you know, that bad happen to me. And then it just all kind of, I felt like caught up to me, you know, last week. So, um, you know, hopefully we got it all out of the way. And as Ryan Newman said, hopefully you got it all out of the way and you didn't just get some of it out of the way and we're going to go back there, you know, next year and get, you know, the rest of it or something. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, bad week. There's no way, you know, there's no ifs, ands or buts around that. So, um, you know, bummer. I'm more bummed obviously for the people that they got us out there and, you know, for Chad and, and, you know, his guys for, you know, putting all that hard work into building me a car, which I went out and destroyed again. So, um, just sucks. It's a bummer. I can't wait to show the all access film. Uh, David Kuhn shot the film and he is also going to edit it. We just talked about that today. So I'm excited about it. There are some drama filled. My all access that- probably isn't as good as McDougal's is. It's, uh, but yours is going to be second best. I mean, it's, it's second in order. I mean, because look, we, we go for the drama, right? I mean, you know, you want to have a good night, right? Like Katie had a good night. I mean, not a good night. He, you know, he made a B main uh, on Saturday and, and ran through and finished sixth, I think in his feature after coming from the back of the field. So, you know, that's, that's a good, you know, deal, but Matt Wood racing had a terrible week, like Mm -hmm. so much bad luck. And that was kind of the story with Kevin Thomas jr. Um, yours was literally, uh, I mean, you know, you crash the pretty big. And then, uh, I will, I will tell you this. I'll leave you this with a teaser. And I wanted to tweet the picture, but Tim Truex, you know, of course, loud pedal, um, productions did not want me to, to give out the goods yet. And I have not seen a picture, uh, on anywhere on social media. Um, I'm actually shocked by this because broadcast missed it too. But yeah. you flew, you flew one of the best birds I've ever seen in racing. I mean, it was, <laughs> it is a great shot by Tim Truex. And I cannot wait for you guys to see it on the all access uh, because it's, it's good. It's real good. Yeah. The screenshots, the screenshots pretty good. I know I'm surprised too, that I, I knew broadcast had missed it, but the, the track feed got it because when I, I looked up when I turned around and, and people were cheering and they had me on the big screen. So I know the track feed got it. So I don't know why broadcast didn't get it, but yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be exciting to see, I guess. <laughs> the, the tough part about it is that Chase Johnson had a pretty good week. Uh, yeah, he, made I know. The feature. he went on and made the, made the feature for the Hefner car and with Sean Michael and Chris Dyson and those guys and had a good week. So uh, just, he, he made a mistake. Um, he probably, I don't know if he owned up to it or not, but uh, he, he definitely made a mistake and it cost you your week and hopefully you come back. Uh, um, it was it was an amazing week at the Lucas Oil Chill. We, we went into that week knowing the story was going to be Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson, right? We knew one of those guys was going to have a great shot to win the race. Now, Justin Grant was very good all week long. He won his prelim night on Friday. He ended up finishing second in the feature. But 
as I tweet, I tweeted it out, uh, you know, in the Tulsa airport leaving that race just continues to build drama. And it's a, it's, it's a saga of, you know, two of the race car drivers that we've ever seen two of the best race car drivers we've ever seen. And it continues to build moments. I mean, bell, you know, biting the cushion hard and flipping and in dramatic fashion, even though the racetrack was pretty locked down and single file, uh, I mean, Bell really had a good shot at him. He was driving it super hard behind him, and I, th- I thought he had a real good shot to win it. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I mean, you know, the track. We don't have to sit here and talk about the the track and the you know conditions and everything that made it you know more difficult you know for guys to move around and and really race each other. But um, I think you know when Christopher got by Grant there with you know fifteen to go or however many that was at the end. Um, and, you know, Christopher got to within striking distance of Kyle. I mean, I think, I think everybody in that building kind of, you know, got up on their seat a little bit and was kind of like, oh man, you know, here we go. What's going to happen? You know, can, can Christopher do anything? Um, you know, so obviously there was guys in the back that, you know, multiple guys that passed like 15 cars that came through the field. So at that point, you know, we knew that we knew that it was going to be, um, you know, we knew you could move around and, and make something happen, but you know, how brave was Christopher going to be ultimately was, was kind of the question. And then obviously, um, you know, just, he said afterwards, you know, he knew he was going over as soon as he set the car going into three, just because of his angle and his speed. And, um, the thing I thought was, you know, was funny too, is that, you know, that car is not destroyed at all. I mean, they rolled it in the trailer, you know, since like only Christopher Bell can go barrel rolling into three and four and have a car that rolls off the track afterwards, you know, I mean, that's just how good he is. But, um, you know, Kyle had to earn it, you know, I mean, he, that was a big cushion and, you know, a big ledge and easy to make mistakes on. And even though he started up front and, you know, led, I think all of the race, um, you know, he had to, he had to really be perfect for all 55 laps and, and, um, you know, he didn't just, didn't just walk away with that one by any means. He proved once again, that he's one of the greatest race car drivers on the planet earth. Um, you know, Paul Silva, two for two building midgets has built two midgets in his lifetime has two golden drillers. Unbelievable. Um, and I, he even tweeted that that car is not, you know, that's not an indoor car. That's, that's an outdoor car, you know, aluminum, you know, heavy, like, I mean, yes, it's Toyota powered, and yes, you have the greatest race car driver at the seat of it, but a lot of those race cars that Larson's beat the other night are better. <laughs> well, and I think it, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting too. I mean, I, I think everybody, everybody in the building after we watched Bell in the race of champions on Tuesday, and then especially on his prelim night on Thursday, thought that it was Christopher's to lose. And because he just looked better than Kyle. I mean, I didn't think Larson looked all that great. You know, he didn't look good in the race of champions. Um, you know, the prelim night feature on Tuesday took rubber and he had, you know, he had track position. So, you know, didn't luck into it. But, you know, nobody really knew where they were at at the end of the night on Tuesday. And then you watched Bell on Thursday just be so smooth and so perfect and just, you know, looked so good that I think people expected, you know, Christopher to, to, you know, that for, the, for that to be, you know, his race, you know, obviously he's going to have to work for it, but I think they expected Kyle to have to be on, you know, much more offense than he, than on defense, so to speak. Um, and I think that also kind of just goes to show you how important that pole shuffle is because if Christopher had started on the pole or even on the front row, um, you know, who knows, he might've won. Kyle might've never gotten around him. And, but, but since Kyle started on the pole, 
you know, and, and got a second chance at that initial start because they called it back and Grant got down in front of him on the first one. He got a second chance at it, beat Grant into one and led the whole entire race. And Bell had to come from third. And that could have been the difference. Track position was huge. And I think Larson's quote said uh, for 40, 40 to 50 laps, it was a dino session, right? It was, right. It was, it was single file. Um, I even thought Grant was a little bit better at the beginning, you know, ducking to the inside a few times and, and really had a shot. I mean, if you would have threw a shot at it, you know, a shot at Larson, uh, it might've come up, um, you know, bad, but, um, once then Larson, you could tell was struggling all four big time, bouncing off the cushion a couple times. That's when Grant really reeled him in threw a bomb at him on the inside, uh, going into one, then bell, you know, after Grant kind of lost his momentum there on that slider, that's when bell kind of threw the slider at Grant. And then, you know, with three laps to go, and at that point, you don't know how many laps are left because even me watching the race in the in the, in the Tulsa Expo Center, I don't even know what the lap count is. I don't yeah. even know what lap we're on unless you're watching the race monitor, right? Just imagine if you're sitting behind the wheel of the race car like Christopher Bell was. You don't know how many laps are left to go. You don't even you don't know if that's going to be the white the next time, which it, you know it was getting ready to be. So he had to send it, and he did. Um, not taking anything away from what Kyle Larson did, though. That was an incredible race car um, drive, you know. Good cherry on top to uh, uh, amazing season with with 47 wins, you know, the sprint car, midget and silver crown car um, winged, you know, wing sprint cars with Paul Silva all over the place. And they're going to continue to do it. But um, two golden drillers for Kyle Larson. He chased that race for 12 years. Just just think about all the drama that he had, you know, losing on the final lap to Bell and then Bell winning it three in a row and watching Bell hold a golden driller every single year. Larson's now done it twice and he's he's coming. He's coming after him. Well, and it's, it's an old cliche, you know, that once you, once you know how to win, you know, they start to come a little easier and, um, you know, that race is obviously never easy to win, but I'm sure Kyle having won one already, you know, the year before, I mean, you learn things, you know, about how to approach the race, you know, how aggressive to be, when to be that aggressive, you know, when to kind of just settle in and ride. I mean, all those things that he applied last year when he won, um, you know, I'm sure there was maybe a little extra confidence too, just having won one already. That all, I mean, that all plays a plays a factor in, um, you know, him being able to get a second one. So, um, like we said, you know, I mean, he he had to fight off plenty of challengers. You know, I mean, you know, I'm I think he said he you know could hear Grant back there and knew Grant was back there early, and I think he was definitely better than Kyle was. Um, but Kyle didn't make a mistake. You know, Kyle did everything that we've come to expect him to do. And he was perfect, and that was all he needed to all he needed to do. You know, was just not make mistakes, and nobody was going to get around him. He now joins a short list that includes Bell as multi-time and back-to-back winners of the event. Kevin Swindell is also on that list. Um, tons of momentum for Larson heading into a NASCAR Cup Series season with Rick Hendrick in the Daytona 500 in February, which will likely be his first race back behind the wheel in the NASCAR Cup Series, uh, and and continues. You know. He's going to try to continue his, you know, reign of dominance in 2020. Oh my gosh, my cat! Uh, in in, 20, <laughs> in 2021, uh, with with Hendrick Motorsports behind the wheel of the five car. Uh, biggest story, and, and you mentioned it already. You know, D Welch about the all access was Jason McDougall on Saturday. He had Jeff Gordon tweeting him. Ryan Blaney was asking for a T shirt. Uh, you know, he was just he was living it up, driving from the I Maine. We yes, we had to wake up early. Because we knew we were going to do an all-access on Jason McDougall because of the night he had. Um, we cannot confirm nor deny or 
I mean, I don't even know. No one would tell me what happened to that race car in the B main and it's prelim night. Some people think it was fuel, but we don't know because we know that race car was a rocket ship by Saturday. Yeah, he was, uh, he was definitely the story Saturday. You know, it was, uh, it seems like, you know, every year there's a guy who goes, you know, three or four, you know, maybe, and, and, you know, people start to pay attention to him. Um, but very rarely are they, are, do they have everything else that McDougal had on his side there that makes him an interesting story? He's a local kid. He's from Broken Arrow, which is, you know, a suburb of Tulsa, um, multi-time driller winner at the shootout. Um, you know, if you're an, if you're from Oklahoma and you're a race fan or you're from that area, I mean, you know, Jason McDougal, you watched him grow up and, you know, he's been cheered for in that building many years, you know, long before he was a you know, nationally known guy. You know, people just cheered for Jason McDougal when you were at the Expo Center because he was a local kid. Um, so you had all of the local fans, you know, the people that have watched him grow up racing, pulling for him. And then he just did what he did and just drove the crap out of that car, um, which is going to make anybody a fan. So it was, um, you know, when he got crashed at the end there, you know, not only do you have people that are just, you know, fans of his run, you know, that are mad that he's not going to be able to keep going. You've got people that, you know, he grew up racing against or people that grew up watching him or, you know, watched him literally grow up as a kid, um, you know, that are, are hurt for him and sad and, you know, upset and, and mad and all of those things. Um, so there was so much passion uh, and there always is, a, you know, with, for the Oklahoma guys, but there was so much passion in that building, um, you know, for him to, to just keep going and then for it to end the way it did, um, you know, it just probably felt like a kick in the nuts for everybody. He started in the I, he got seconds in the I H G F and E all second place finishes. That's from the back of the field. He passed every single car besides one. Yeah. Uh, and and the thing, the thing too, finishes. the thing too, that makes that more impressive is that, the track conditions during those afternoon shows is not good. Okay. I mean, it's, and it's nobody's fault. I mean, they can't, they, they don't have enough time to sit there and prep it after every race and make it a, you know, great racetrack, but you know, they start it, they prep it in the morning and then start it and run, you know, four, five, six, seven races on it. And you know, it's always slick. There's never anything to lean on. You know, there's, it's always like choppy and there's, it's just, it's not good. Every single year, if you run those afternoon races, the track is not good. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard enough to go from, you know, 17th to fourth or fifth, you know, to, to transfer on a good track in 15 laps, let alone a track where, you know, there's not anything really to grab onto, you know, grip wise. So, and I know because I've been in those races and I've started, you know, 10th in races where you think, oh, getting to the fifth, getting to fifth is easy. And you don't get there because you just don't know where to go on the racetrack. Um, and so for him to do that as many times as he did and not only drive, just barely sneaking in, but drive to second and almost winning, uh, to me, you know, is the most impressive part, you know, because, um, you know, it's easy to say, oh, he's better than all these cars. It shouldn't that, it shouldn't be that difficult to, you know, beat all these guys, but I mean, it is, you know, I mean, it's, that's why you don't see guys do it because it's hard. Um, and you know, I think if he could have gotten through that D you know, he gets to the C main, the track is good by that point. Uh, you know, I, I would not have been surprised if he'd have made it all the way to the A because I think his car was that good. I think he was, you know, 
the story was, you know, the fairy tale was in the works. And sometimes that's just how it has to be. You know, the stars kind of have to align and they'd all align for him at that point. So um, I'm bummed that he didn't get to keep going. He was definitely an A-main race car, uh, but, but, and he was also on the easier side of the bracket, you know, it's br- broken up into uh, ones and twos and he had uh, kind of an either easier pathway. The B-main, uh, I think B-main one or I don't, I don't remember which number it was. Don't quote me on that, but whatever the opposite main of his was, was absolutely stacked. It was, you know, a who's who of midget racing in the B-main uh, and it always is on both sides of the B-main. Um, but yeah, like you said, he drove through the D main after finishing second and all the other ones from the I transfer spot on the final lap where a, you know, the bat, you know, a battle with Ryan Bernal went awry and, uh, that's putting it lightly because Ryan Bernal, uh, basically made contact with Jason McDougal going into three and four on the final lap with McDougal in the transfer spot, Bernal behind him. And he went spinning and did not make the TV races, which was just, um, a very sad moment, but, made for a great end to our all-access piece, which is just all drama because you see him get out of the race car. <laughs> oh, wow. I just sneezed. Did I just sneeze? You see him get out of the race car, and the fans in Tulsa go nuts. It's crazy. It's dramatic. It's going to be a great all-access piece. You're going to need to watch it. The reason why we put a mic on Jason McDougall is because, A, if you ever watched him at the shootout or you ever watched him, for instance, in his heat race, uh, you know, and in his prelim night, he gets out of the race car, He's going to say something or he's going to try to fight someone or, you know, he, he's just a firecracker of a race car driver. And those are the type of race car drivers that I like and put a mic on him. You know, he's quirky. He says entertaining things. He's one hell of a race car driver. And that's the reason why he was our all access. Not only did he start in the I main, it was just pure luck that we guessed it that way. But uh, it really wasn't that hard of a guess to make that we knew Jason McDougal would go from the I main. <coughs> Sorry, uh, not COVID. Uh, Tanner Thorson, Tanner Thorson impressed me this week. New team at Dave Mack Motorsports, um, flipped in his heat race and he flipped big. Tim Truex from Loud Pedal, you know, got a huge flip of him. And, and I think I, I talked to Tanner at the opening ceremonies. He said it hurt, uh, pretty big, but then just gets back up on the wheel and drives through the C and the B and gets the fourth in his A in his prelim, you know, wins the B main on a Saturday night. Um, gets to the A main and drives all the way up to the front and finish on, finishes on the podium. Just a ridiculous drive for Tanner Thorson, who joined Dave Mack, you know, what, three weeks before the Chili Bowl, Dylan? And, and they were pretty impressive. Well, and Ricky Stenhouse was in that same category. You know, he drove exactly. – uh, he got crashed by uh, Esberg. Is that that guy's name that everybody was talking about, Anthony Esberg? Um and in his heat race and then, you know, had to do the same thing, had to go from the C to the B to the A on his prelim and, and came from the back of the prelim feature to third, um, you know, I think was the best car on the racetrack on Friday. Um, and then, you know, on Saturday had to had to race in through the B main, which he did, and then finished, I think, seventh in the feature. Um, so both of those guys were, um, you know, the show for sure on Friday. Um you know, and, and, and Tucker Klossmeyer too, did the same thing, went from the C to the B to the A, uh, on, on Friday as well. But, uh, those two guys specifically, you know, were, were, uh, on the ball, you know, and, and again, something that's not easy to do, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's tough to have everything go right enough to where you can recover that well from that big of a disaster. Um, and it's a credit to those guys' teams and their cars and, and them as drivers that they, you know, kept their head on straight enough to 
just you know put their head down and and go forward. So uh, it was it was fun. We were you know obviously in the stands for that on Friday, and it was uh, it was quite impressive to watch watch those guys do what they did. Thorson was among a couple of other guys who joined new teams going into the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl. Alex Bright was another one who locked in with Jerome Rodella um, on his prelim night. Um, you know, Justin Grant joined RMS Racing uh, for the full USAC National Midget schedule this year, but also at the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl had a tremendous week. They were unbelievable. He made his, uh, you know, he won his fourth prelim feature on Friday and then hung with Larson for the majority of the race on Saturday and finished second. Another big story, Kyle Cummins, um, with partnership from car owner Glenn Styers, he built that race car, that midget, and on you know he's getting ready to have a new child, and his his wife you know likely was going to go in labor the week of the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl, and had no idea if he was going to make it. She basically said go, and he left on Thursday. He raced on Friday. He locked in Dylan. He he does never races midgets, but every time he's in there, like when he goes to Kokomo and races a midget, he's tremendous. Um, you know, you know, at the Chili Bowl, he's really, really good. Locks in on his prelim night, which is just an incredible story to me. Uh, an Indiana, you know, sprint car driver who mostly does sprint car racing, but you know, a tremendous sprint car driver. But locks into his prelim, you know, locks into the feature on his prelim night, finishing second, and just um, had some bad luck in the feature. But those are the kind of guys that uh, I think stood out, you know, this week at the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle was, I mean, he's, he's a great race car driver. I mean, it, and has always been really solid, you know, but I think, I think, you know, he was always kind of known as a Hobstock guy or an MSCS guy. And then once he started venturing away from Hobstock, it took him a little bit to get used to regularly competing against that national level of competition. But now we've seen him, you know, go win at Kokomo and, and, you know, other places besides just his home track. Um, and he's turned into a really, really good race car driver. Um, you know, I've watched him run that midget before at some places and, you know, it's, uh, you know, he hasn't had the luck always, but, you know, has been, has been good. So yeah, that was, that was super cool, you know, to, to see, um, you know, he was, he was high point man, you know, started on the pole, the feature, you know, so had obviously a really good night leading up to that. Um, and then to hang on to second, you know, and beat, beat Stenhouse and beat Thorson and, and beat all those guys that he did beat on Friday. Um, and then still, you know, on Saturday, you know, get to run the feature and, and get home in time, you know, for his wife to, um, you know, to still not have the baby. You know, I don't, I don't know if they've even had it yet at this point, but, um, yeah, I mean, those are the, those are the awesome stories, you know, that, that come out of that place. It seems like every year, you know, there's something, uh, something cool like that, that happens. And it's cool to see, uh, you know, really a, a good dude, you know, good guy. Uh, it's cool to see him have success there. Flowracing.com for my article about who impressed the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl. Among those, Daniel Robinson, who flipped off Sammy at full speed during his qualifier <laughs> and his prelim night. Out the right side arm guard, incredible. too. Just absolutely incredible. And Tim Truex just got an amazing shot of Sammy in focus, and then all of a sudden, out of focus, comes Daniel Robinson's black and red race car, number 57, with a bird flying out the window and sliding Sammy for the qualifier position. It's just absolutely amazing. Um, he, he definitely, you know, gets a thought at the hat shake this week. Uh, Christopher Bell's crash is on there at slow motion, which, um, Tim Truex got, which is absolutely amazing. Darren Pittman finished fifth in Saturday's a feature, which was an incredible run for the Yoki. Brian Carver, his first time in a midget makes a C on Saturday. Chase Elliott looked pretty good, uh, finishing in the F main, took it very seriously. Brett Moffitt, first time in the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl, a D feature on Saturday, which is absolutely incredible. 
And then everyone who wore a mask all week long, thank you. Because if you did not wear a mask, we were not going racing. Yep. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that we got through it all. You know, it's, uh, it's crazy to me to think, you know, think back on how locked down everything was at one point this year. And, and the fact that we got, you know, not only the shootout in, in its completion, but the chili bowl in, in its entirety with fans, um, you know, with a good crowd, you know, really every night, um, is, is really amazing and a testament to everybody at, at, uh, you know, chili bowl and ASCS and, um, you know, for, for, being on it, you know, being strict on it, being, you know, making sure that they enforced, uh, you know, enforced that mask mandate and, uh, you know, everybody, all the fans, you know, whether they liked it or not, took it seriously and, and we got it in. Your hat shakes of the week here on the Lot of Pedal podcast, who are they? Well, there's a lot, you know, and all those guys that we just mentioned, I think are, are equally, um, equally deserving of one. Um, I was going to give one to the NASCAR guys to, to chase and Moffitt, um, you know, for, for their first ones, you know, I think it was, uh, it was impressive, you know, what they did, you know, chase, you know, you could tell was, you know, was figuring it out every time he was on the racetrack, but, um, was solid, you know, I mean, didn't, you know, past cars, I mean, didn't, you know, didn't run into anybody just was not out of control, you know, looked very good, very smooth. Um, just timid, you know, which is to be expected, um, you know, when it's your first time. And uh, he got collected, I think, in his prelim night B main and got spun out, um, but otherwise probably would have transferred, you know, and made made the prelim night feature. So, um, you know, he really, all things considered, had a good week. And then Moffat, you know, to, to having never, never raced a midget before, you know, just jump in that thing and, um, you know, I think ran second in a qualifier or his heat race or something like that and, and made, you know, made the prelim feature and then, you know, rain, rain the D on Saturday. Um, it's hard to do, man. I mean, it's, it's hard to, hard to have no experience in cars like that and just jump in there and be competitive, you know, and not be in the way or not be out of control. Um, and those guys both, you know, impressed me this week and, you know, proved what kind of race car drivers they are. Agree. Cole Bodine had a really good week, um, you know, locking the, he was the third car locked in for Clawson Marshall racing, you know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And Tyler Courtney and Cole Bodine, all three made it for Clawson Marshall racing. And I was impressed with Bodine this week, uh, who has been good in that building. I think I'm going to give mine to Zach Morgan, a guy that you uh, know from the NASCAR side, you know, Bass Pro Shops. He used to be the marketing and social media, you know, coordinator for Johnny Morris. And th those guys on the NASCAR side at Bass Pro Shops, he has cerebral palsy, uh, a tremendous story with that flea Ruzik and track prep, I believe, from Jacksonville at track prep on Twitter. Um, and a few other guys, you know, got involved with and gave him the opportunity of a lifetime to race at the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl. And he just had a, a great time and, and it was a cool interview and a uh, really, really emotional interview uh, to see someone who probably will never get a shot. I think his quote was, I can't play rec league softball and I can't go play basketball, but when you're a race car driver, you know, it's all in your hands and it's all in your, you know, you know, your mind. And it's just something that, you know, someone like that who has, you know, CP and, um, you know, has been, you know, had it his whole life. He gets a chance to do it. It's just, it's really cool that that racing kind of, you know, equalizes, you know, everyone, even though everyone should be equal, um, you know, and, and mind and spirit. So, uh, cool story there with Zach Morgan. There's your hash shakes. Everyone else we talked about too. 
of course you get hat shakes. You know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was tremendous. He needs, um, you know, you know, to have some more luck here going into the NASCAR Cup Series season. He had a tough year last year in the Cup Series. So, uh, great midget driver, and 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 of course Larson and Silva. Congratulations on the win. Um, you know, some big weeks for everybody, but uh, it was a good time at the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl. I cannot wait. We are what 354 days until we have to go back. Something Somewhere. like that. Yeah. So, um, ponchos. I'm telling you right now, 24 hour Mexican. We had it every single night. Me and Tim Truex, right down the street from the bungalow that we stayed. That we stayed uh, with no shower. Uh, we just had a bathtub. <laughs> Uh, with a hose on it, but uh, Poncho's is the stop. I'm telling you right now, their burritos are tremendous. 24 hours a night, two, three in the morning, roll up in there. Poncho will deliver the burrito right to you at your window. It's, we'll have to try that next time. That's the place. That's the place to go if you want to eat and if you don't want COVID because you don't have to go inside, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. I think we. Uh, I think we covered everything. So episode 19 uh we'll uh check out all the content we i think we had 103 pieces of chili bowl content just from the ground yeah and i'll give you a hat shake too t-bone because um you were hustling and i i was giving you a hard time about you know not being able to come out with us and hang out and you know be social but you guys were you guys were busting your butt on putting out some really cool stuff you know doing doing interviews with the right people and getting the stories and, you know, doing fun stuff like the stump walkopedia thing and, and all that stuff was, was really, really good. So definitely. Um, so you don't have to plug yourself. I'll plug, I'll plug you, you know, your content on, on flow. So make sure everybody, you know, checks that out. And, um, if you're having withdrawals already, it's a, it's a good way to kind of ease the pain of having to go back to the real world. Yep. You can see CB, well, you can see all the features from all week on the flow racing app, um, you mentioned some of the content, the top row rowdies piece was pretty cool team as walking through the pit area and like going up to Caitlin Larson and talking to her about racing her husband, you know, the was I in the top row rowdies piece? We were up there when you got yes, up there. You, you and Hannah, you and Hannah made the top row rowdies piece. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I think you guys are just like looking at the camera or something, but yes, you made the piece. Um, yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, Ace McCarthy's tour of the blue bus. That's a cool piece. Check that out. Uh, and like you said, the Walkopedia piece is really, really funny. Uh, I like Buddy Kofoy giving you a hard time about being a bell lover. He did it in his. He did it uh, on his prelim night too, uh, with with his you know second place interview. Um, he's like, "Oh, your boy beats me again." It's like, when can we put this to rest? When can we put this to rest? That's awesome. <laughs> right? Good for him. And then, of course, Bell has to text me and was like, I love the Wikipedia piece. However, I don't like the fact that you won't claim me. Yeah, well, <laughs> tough. <laughs> That's wrong. But uh, right now, it's all Larson all the time, bud. Yep. I'm, 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 I'm a big bandwagon jumper. However, my Cleveland Browns, baby, sure. I got to give him a shout out. I got to give him a shout out. I have stuck with the Browns for 26 years through hell and misery. And finally, they were a playoff team and nearly beat the Kansas City Chiefs uh, the head of the AFC Championship. So I'm on cloud nine right now. This might be the best year of my life. I'm not kidding you. New, wow. you know, new job here with my family at Flow Racing. Uh, the Browns made the playoffs, won a playoff game, beat the Steelers. Um, it, I mean, this 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 year couldn't be Best year anywhere. of your life, and it's only January. I know. And a lot of people had a bad year. But uh, I'm telling you right now, I had a good year, and it's only going to get better.
It's only good. It's, well, it's only going to, I mean, you can either look at it either way. You can look at it as I had a great year and this year is going to suck, or you just got to keep riding the wave and building the momentum, right? That's right. I'm going to say right now, I'm going to put money on Kyle Larson in the Daytona 500. Are you? I mean, he's nearly won the Daytona 500 already. Yeah, why not? Yep. I wouldn't he's bet against him. Anyway. I wouldn't either. Let's put money on him. I wonder what he is. He's probably like 25 to 1. Or something. Yeah, I bet he's. I bet he's. I bet he's better than that. You think so? Yeah. I know, but those NASCAR people like he hasn't sat in a race car in a year. He's gonna suck. Mm-hmm. Blah yeah. blah blah. How about how about? Yeah. And I want to end on this. I want to end on this. How about uh, the story that came out with Jenna Fryer and AP about how Tony Stewart ripped up the NASCAR contract at Eldora because he was pissed that they went to Bristol instead of Eldora. I don't blame him. Nobody even told him. Nobody, that is nobody a slap talked to him. In the face. He has been yeah. saying ever since he got that race at Eldora, this is to build on having an Xfinity race or a Cup Series race at Eldora. Then you go to Bristol, throw dirt on it, and give them a race? That's a slap in the face. He tore up the contract, and, and he's like, I'm done. I'm just done with it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's the thing, too, is that people don't realize is that race, you know, you know, there's there's people in, in NASCAR that probably honestly just don't realize that, you know, the Kings Royal and the world and, you know, all their big races, you know, the truck race at Eldora was like the, was like fourth in line from profit. So, you know, obviously they would like to have that money, but it's not like that's their moneymaker, you know? So if NASCAR doesn't want to go, then, you know, I'm sure Tony said, well, whatever, we don't need him, <laughs> you know? So I'm sure he was, I'm sure he was mad. That's right, NASCAR. Flow Racing has three bigger races in that truck race at Eldora because they're all at Eldora on Flow, baby. The Dream, the World 100. We don't have the King's Royal, but you know that's a World of Outlaws event. But we still have the Dream. We still have the Dream and the World 100. Yeah. Two of the biggest hey, state races noisy, in the entire world. Quiet. All right, Janet. Janet. Does that mean we Janet's back here making noise? My dog's down here sleeping somewhere. All right. We'll see you on episode 20. We'll, we'll figure it out. There is some breaking news going to be coming out this week, and maybe that will be our guest next week on the podcast. We haven't had him on for a while. Um, there's going to be a new Sprint Cars team added to the All-Star Series, which we're super excited about because, of course, Dylan and I have started to cover the All-Stars more with you know the acquisition of you know Rip the Farts change to Loud Pedal Podcast here at Flow. So um, one of the guys we have had on our podcast before, Uh, But the news will be coming out this week, so look forward to that. All right, D. Welch, we'll talk to you later. We'll see you next week.